0: Now, all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, hello everybody
1: and welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Larry Wooten is with us. He's the president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau and Larry's been with us a number of times. A proud native of Pender County, North Carolina.
2: Yeah, I grew up in Pender County. I had a good little grew up in a little rural community in in eastern Pender County called Maple Hill. I'm certainly proud of that rural upbringing and uh, what I what I learned there as a young man. And he, I've learned a lot uh, there and carried me all through life. So I'm proud to be from Pender County. Certainly, I've been president of Farm Bureau here for going on almost twenty years and uh, lived in Raleigh and Wake County. i Have enjoyed my life here also?
1: Now you've been at the uh, Farm Bureau since 1999.
2: I was elected president in 1999. I, uh, I have certainly been hey, working on 20 years. You know how years. to keep a job. I, I try, try every year. I have to be elected every year by about 600 uh, voting delegates from the county farm bureaus all across North Carolina and certainly uh, uh, have been. Proud of that record and really appreciative of all the good Farm Bureau members we've got across the state that have elected me every year.
1: Well, just uh, for uh, general background, talk a little bit about what the Farm Bureau is, what its purpose is, where the funding comes from, and and a little bit of its history, just to give us some backdrop.
2: Well, the North Carolina Farm Bureau and Farm Bureau all across the nation is the largest general farm organization in the country. We were formed here in North Carolina in 1936. We've got. Uh, a, there's a there's a farm bureau in every in every county in North Carolina. There's a farm bureau in every state in the United States, uh, including the uh, province of Puerto Rico. So it's a it's a it's an organization. Uh, it's a tool for our farmers and ranchers and rural citizens to use to advocate for their positions uh, in the in the legislature, state legislature, as well as the Congress of the United States. Certainly, we work closely with all of our um, commodity groups, the Pork Council, the beef. Uh, Cattlemen's Association all the soybeans but but we at North Carolina Farm Bureau we specialize in legislative work uh, to that advocate for the needs of our farmers and ranchers across this state and across the nation.
1: Uh, As you said the Farm Bureau in North Carolina goes back to 1936 and uh, it's been a very vital part of our growth in agriculture and agriculture is so important to North Carolina.
2: Well, agriculture is the number one industry in this state by far. It's about an $87 billion industry in North Carolina. Uh, the Farm Bureau, along with our commodity groups and the commissioner and others in this state, want to uh, get it to a hundred billion dollars, and we think we're going to get there. But back to the Farm Bureau, uh, this year is the hundredth anniversary of the American Farm Bureau. The American Farm Bureau was formed in 1919, chartered out of Chicago, and so we're celebrating this year uh, the centennial of American Farm Bureau. We did started that last year, last month, in. Uh, New Orleans at our annual meeting, and so we're going to uh, have celebrations throughout the country for the centennial celebration of American Farm Bureau.
1: Now, a very important part of what you do also has to do with insurance. Yes. Yeah. in nineteen, As I said, in 1936, we
2: chartered the North Carolina Farm Bureau here in North Carolina. In 1953, we chartered the North Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company because a lot of the mainline insurance companies at the time didn't know how to insure farms and and barns and farm and fields and livestock, and so we formed that insurance company to provide a service to Farm Bureau members, particularly in those rural communities. And today, uh, North Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance, we're the third largest writer of property and casualty insurance in the state, the largest domestic uh, insurance company in North Carolina, and we're certainly proud of the service that we provide. Uh, farm bureau members in all 100 counties through 187 offices and 850 uh, farm bureau agents,
1: or independent agents, across our state. And of course, health insurance for farmers is very important and very hard for them to get, uh, especially the far- smaller farmer. Uh, but
2: <clears throat> health insurance, Don, is certainly <clears throat> something that we we struggle with in our, particularly for our farmers, self-employed people. The cost has just continued to escalate. Um, we at North Carolina Farm Bureau, we sell health insurance through Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina and uh, work with them, but it, and it's certainly we have appreciated the relationship we've had with Blue Cross, but this whole issue of health insurance now and the cost for our independent farmers uh, and independent businesses is really a struggle. I
1: could talk for hours about that, but certainly time won't allow us here. Well, of course, you know, there's several problems there. One, we have amazing research going on, which uh, is very expensive, and, but it pro- also prolongs life. And so we've got people who are growing older uh, and uh, need health care a longer period of time, actually after their uh, income-producing time. And this is another problem.
2: Oh, certainly we, we, you know we're we're all beneficiaries of the research and the good quality of health care we have particularly here in North Carolina uh, we just got to try to figure ways to make it a little more affordable for those people that are out there paying that are not that are not uh, in not in an employer group that are not uh, subsidized uh, through the ACA and certainly those people that are on Medicare uh, with you know with a the, you know they're pretty good but just those independent people out there having to pay 25 38 I know a young uh, farm couple up in Rowan County will have going to have to pay $3800 a month they just can't afford that no, that's, that's what huge, we yeah. that's what we're that's what we're uh, fighting yeah. and trying to look for solutions for
1: uh, in in this state well it's a, it's a big problem for everyone but, but uh, each group has to look after their own concerns and the farmer has a different set of concerns uh, i'm going to change the subject a little bit and talk about the the uh, devastating effect that the uh, uh, most, the two most recent flooding conditions we had to agriculture? Well, agriculture in North Carolina
2: right now uh, is about as tough and uh, tough situations situation as I've seen it many years. And I came through, started farming in 1973 and four. Uh, I came through the 80s when I saw uh, farmers uh, lose Farms that their mothers and daddies had left them, but I've never seen a situation like we've got right now, in terms of the disastrous weather conditions we've had for three years. 2016, yes. we had Matthew, didn't make a crop. 2017, <clears throat> these low low commodity prices, and then uh, Florence and Michael last year. Our farmers just haven't made a crop, and so it's it's really tough. It doesn't matter what the price is. As long as you've got something to sell, sell. If we don't have anything to sell. Yeah. It's tough, and so uh, we've we've got a we've got a real desperate situation here in North Carolina. But what makes North Carolina different? If you take the weather we've had, if you if you take the um, the real these lawsuits, nuisance lawsuits we've had on our hog livestock industry is really creating havoc uh, in the eastern and southeastern North Carolina, and then the impact of these tariffs, particularly. Um, on our tobacco industry uh, is is really having, making North Carolina be in a unique situation as it relates to farm income. And across the nation, since 2013, we have uh, net farm income has dropped 50%. And so agriculture is in a slump right now, but we're hoping for better days. And that's, uh, that's certainly we need a good crop in 2019.
1: Well, you know, it's the only business I know where you uh, you plant a crop and you have no idea in the world what it's going to sell for, and you don't know about the weather and so forth. We were talking to uh, Commissioner Troxler, and he said, you know, we can handle lack of rain, lack of water a lot better than we can handle too much water.
2: Yeah, the old adage that uh, dry weather will scare you to death, but wet weather will ruin you is a, is a yep, really yep, true yep. adage. I mean, it's even right now it's been raining uh you know, for the last several weeks pretty hard during the month of February. And so, uh, you know, our farmers are getting a little antsy about what that's going to mean when it comes planting time. And, of course, as you said, farmers are price takers. They're not price makers. And, uh, and this is, you know, this is having an impact also, uh, you know,
1: nationwide. Now, we've got some trade <clears throat> agreements uh, that are being discussed in the news. How does that affect the North Carolina farmer?
2: Well, trade and trade agreements, you know, but, just, just for the viewers to know, about every third row has to be exported. About 30% of agricultural products has to be exported. In the case of North Carolina, in many of our crops, it's more than that. 80% of the tobacco has to be exported. 40% of that 80% is exported to China. So you can see how important uh, trade agreements are. Uh, in, here in North Carolina, our two largest trading partners uh, for export are, are Mexico and Canada. So you can also see how this whole uh, whole discussion on the renegotiation of NAFTA, this new Uzmeca, US, Mexico, Canada trade agreement, that's vitally important to North Carolina, particularly if you look at our pork, our poultry, uh, many other sectors of agriculture in North Carolina the outcome of what's going to happen with this new NAFTA is is really is really crucial for our farmers and for our industry here in North Carolina. So what's the desired
1: outcome, and what is the apparent outcome right now?
2: Well, certainly any trade agreement that's 25 years old like the NAFTA, it's okay to renegotiate. What scared agriculture was when the president said, we're just going to pull out of NAFTA as the worst trade agreement ever. Hands down, for North Carolina agriculture and for American agriculture, NAFTA has been good. Now, there may be some other sectors that will contradict that, but for American agriculture, NAFTA has been a good thing. Certainly, we don't have a problem with renegotiation, looking at it. But what's important, uh, on, on net, our mantra to the negotiators was do no harm to American agriculture. And, and generally, that's been the case in this new NAFTA or UZMECA, as I call it. But now the, the real issue is it's going before the Congress of the United States. It's been negotiated. It's got to be approved by the Congress of the United States. It's got to be approved by uh, the Mexican government. It's got to be approved by the Canadian government. And if it's not approved by our Congress, what really scares us and what's got us on high alert, if it's not approved by the Congress, then it just doesn't go back to the original NAFTA. It goes to zero. And that would mean we would have no trade agreement with Mexico and Canada, and that would be devastating for North Carolina agriculture.
1: So the trade agreement that we have is is acceptable and good for the farmer uh, and agriculture in North Carolina, but, it, it, uh, but Congress... May be tinkering with it.
2: Well, we need Congress to approve it. Certainly, no, no trade agreement's ever perfect. There are always, as people yeah. say, there are winners and losers. But on 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 average, that new uh, trade agreement with Canada and Mexico for for American agriculture is is pretty good. The uh, the the dairy farmers uh, benefited. There were some issues with Canada that we got. Corrected that the dairy that's good for dairy, but on on average, there's not a lot of difference. In the last one, we modernized some things, updated some things, which is good. But now the real crux is, as I said, we need the Congress of the United States to approve it. And I'm not saying whether it's Democratic, Republican, whatever. If this is not approved by the Congress, it's going to hurt American agriculture and it will hurt North Carolina agriculture. So we're urging our con congressional delegation here in North Carolina to approve that. Now, you know the politics in Washington now, and certainly, so we're telling our, um, our Democratic members as well as our Republican members, it doesn't matter where you are here, we need this approved by the Congress of the United States.
1: Larry Wooten is our guest. He's the president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau, and we'll be back with more right after these messages.
0: Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Hi everybody, I'm Susie Orman with an important message from the FDIC about keeping your money safe and sound. Recently I got a letter from a woman who told me she took all of her money out of the bank and put it in a shoebox in her closet. What was she thinking? That's not a safe thing to do. You know what I told her? Put it back in the bank now. If your money is in an FDIC member bank and you stay within coverage limits, you have no reason to worry. You can't lose a penny no matter what. That's a lot safer than a shoebox, if you ask me. How can you make sure your money is totally FDIC protected? If I were you, I would want to know that. So here's what I want you to do. Go to myfdicinsurance.gov and click on ED the Estimator and find out. That's Edie the Estimator at myfdicinsurance.gov. Go there today, because the more you know, the safer your money. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis.
1: We're back on Carolina Newsmakers with Larry Wooden, the president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau. We, right before the uh, segment ended, uh, we were talking about the trade agreements. Um, the, uh, uh, the government control of agriculture has always been sort of interesting to watch because the farm interest varies from state to state. And uh, sometimes what's good for agriculture in one state is not necessarily good for agriculture in the other.
2: Well, certainly there are always uh, regional, when you start talking about ag policy in the Congress of the United States, there are always regional issues that have to be considered. There are crop issues. There are, you know, we're a very diverse uh, agricultural country. North Carolina is a very diverse agricultural state. We're the third most diverse agricultural state in the nation. But in terms of government control of agriculture, now certainly trade agreements are one thing that are important. People need to remember that uh, governments don't do the trading. It's company to company, individuals to individuals that actually do the trading. What governments do is just say, give you the license to say, yes, you can trade with South Korea or Japan or uh, Europe or wherever. So that's why when you t- start having tariffs and trade wars, even though the governments may say we're going to end this, it takes a while to get that crank back up. And from a subsidy standpoint, really right now on the last farm bill that was just passed and we're in the process of getting implemented right now, uh, the, real, the real issue is uh, the, the, the real subsidy, the only subsidy is in crop insurance. Uh, the, the government subsidizes crop insurance, which is an important tool for our farmers that take those big risks. Uh, in the farm bill, there's a subsidy for crop insurance, but that's the only real. There no direct payments of government money out to farmers, you know, anymore. Now, certainly, we're asking uh, the Congress of the United States, and that didn't wasn't in the last appropriation bill for some disaster payments for North Carolina and Georgia and those states out west where they had the wildfires for some disaster relief. That didn't come through, Uh, and certainly, but in North Carolina, I got to tell you, I'm very appreciative, and our farmers are very appreciative to the legislature of North Carolina who appropriated $240 million uh, to help our farmers here in North Carolina that were impacted so uh, badly by Hurricane Florence and Michael. That has been a tremendous help, and I can't thank the legislative leadership and the legislature of North Carolina enough for that, as well as the Commissioner of Agriculture. The Commissioner of Agriculture and his team have done a yeoman's job in getting those funds
1: dispersed to the farmers of this state. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. We, we've always called that a rainy day fund, and usually it is used for weather disasters, but there's other good reasons for having a surplus in the budget every year because these things happen and you can't legislate in advance. And of course, in North Carolina, it's pay as you go. Well, the other
2: one back earlier when I had to testify before the House and Senate committees on this thing, they were talking about a rainy day fund. I said, if 100 inches of water is not a rainy day, let me know what is, yes. and uh, certainly the, the legislative leadership understood that. They they saw the plight of our farmers. They they heard from it. They saw the flooding, and and they stepped up big time. I can't uh, be more proud of the, uh, the the work that our
1: legislature did in in helping our farmers and, and rural communities for that matter. Immigration is also always in the front. Uh, of uh, the minds of the public and a lot of discussion about immigration and uh uh, but uh, the farming industry or farming community has a great interest in that area well don you know uh, we
2: as i said a very diverse state we have here in north carolina a lot of our crops uh you know require manual labor uh, I've been I've been working on immigration for almost my entire career in immigration reform in one way or other, and and I don't want to be cynical about this, but I can tell you, the re in my opinion the reason immigration doesn't get fixed, it's a it's a one of those issues. It's one of those uh, issues that rallies the the base on both. They use it both sides use it to to mobilize and rally the base and to raise money, and and I, I hate to say that, but. But that's my observation right now. And I've never been more disappointed in something that we all to fix. We all to fix it for the country. We're better people than some of the things that I have seen and heard going on uh, that impact the immigrants in North Carolina and this, and this nation. And we all to fix that as a people. Well, we just can't seem to get the you know, political
1: wherewithal to get it done. It looks like, uh, as a sort of an outside observer, you just keep kicking the can down the. Uh, you know, you kick can and push it off and push it off, but why not just settle the whole issue? As I said, I'm I'm
2: almost convinced now that both sides use it to rally the base and to, and to raise money, and uh, it's just one of those gut wrenching issues that. that you know, people
1: use, and we all to fix it. We just all to fix it. I think we're better than that, Larry. A lot of folks are. Uh, Larry Wood, by the way, is our guest. On uh, he's the president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau. Uh, I've had some listeners to tell me about halfway through a segment. You should reintroduce the guest. So I just did that. I'm always glad to be here with you, uh, Don <laughs> Curtis. Uh, we were t- talking about uh, uh, the issues that affect the farmer and. Uh, uh, immigration is certainly one of them. Uh, another concern of farmers is energy and cost of energy.
2: Yes. I mean, energy. Is, agriculture is a big user of energy uh, and certainly energy of all kinds, whether it yep. be electricity. Yep. Uh, electricity is certainly a, a good – It goes beyond good, gas prices. It just I mean, goes beyond I mean. gas prices. Gas That's the reason we at North Carolina Farm Bureau are supporting, have been supporting the Atlantic Coast Pipeline. Uh, natural gas is huge. And our farmers that that have access to natural gas have a competitive advantage over our farmers that have to buy propane gas. And so that's why we've supported Atlantic Coast Pipeline coming through. We've advocated for more taps that will help our rural communities and our farmers. Uh, Farmers, uh, as I said, you need gas, LP gas, or natural gas to uh, cure sweet potatoes, cure tobacco, warm pigs, warm poultry, uh, it's it's a huge energy is one of the huge costs that we have in agriculture and this this natural gas issue for a North Carolina agriculture is a big
1: is a big issue. So now what what's the issue here? What's holding that up?
2: Well, obviously you know that's it's uh, it's it, it was an the first it was an environmental issue and then then that issue of the Atlantic Coast Pipeline uh, we support it got all tied up in. Politics and getting the permit, and I'm not going to go into all the political ramifications. You, the legislature got crossed with the governor on this uh, issue and tried to say that it was a you know the permits were issued for political, for reasons, political yeah. reasons and on. And I can t- I don't know I'm not going to get into all that, but I can tell you one thing: we need that. Pipeline to go through North Carolina to help our rural communities. You're not if you're gonna. People talk about this rural-urban divide. I can tell you, in my opinion, uh, what what will help rural North Carolina, whether it's western or eastern. And you got to have some things that create jobs, infrastructure. And when you talk about infrastructure, you got to talk about uh, internet. Uh, Internet's got to be there. You got to have a good road system. You got to have a a good uh, LP. A natural gas is, is a part of it big factories are not going to locate where there's not natural gas. Uh, You've got to have, there's several things infrastructure-wise that good community colleges uh, job develop that are going to do a part for job development. And so uh, natural gas is crucial if we're going to have jobs and help uh, this rural-urban divide where people can live, have jobs, work, and prosper in rural North Carolina. And you know, we've, we've, we've talked and talked and talked about uh, the rural-urban divide here in North Carolina. I'm, I'm to the point, uh, Don Curtis, I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. I think we ought to take action, and certainly this natural gas uh, issue is one of them that will help rural North Carolina to secure jobs and meaningful uh, companies to locate
1: out there. And talking to Patrick Woody of the North Carolina Rural Economic Development Center, he brings up how important broadband is. And, of course, broadband goes, uh, you know, having access to Internet has multiple purposes, uh, useful purposes for the farmer.
2: Yes, I mean you, a, a good farming operation today. You, you, the world is your market if you uh, if you have broadband access, internet access out there, and uh, and certainly we. Uh, one of the things you know we've got to do though. I've talked with a lot of companies that talk about broadband and extending it in rural areas. You know you can. You can extend it. Those companies can say we're going to extend it out there, but then people have got to be willing to sign on once you once you make the offer yeah, out there. They yeah. can't do it at, at no at no cost. Yeah, and there's that's, got to be a return. You got yeah. There's got to be a return there, so people can say I won't, I won't, I won't. But when they get ready to extend it, people got to say yes, I'll sign on. It's like a rural water system. Yeah. You know, you can extend the lines, but people got to sign on and say I'm willing to help pay for it. And that's where we are uh, with 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 internet, whether it be. Help from the state government, the county governments, or left up to the private sector, people have got to be willing to, to sign on. They can't extend it at, at no cost uh, to,
1: to folks. Uh, you mentioned transportation. Of course, North Carolina uh, back in the 40s began to have a lot of great secondary roads, but those have to be maintained.
2: Oh, they certainly do. And, uh, you know, as you get, uh, w- you know, we're reliant here in North Carolina on the gas tax to help fund the highway system as you get uh, you get more electric cars you get more uh, you get better gas mileage uh, the the roads the cost per mile to maintain or build a road gets more expensive I mean those two things sometime are not congruent and so you've got to uh, you've got to you got to think we got to work together as a state we got to work across party lines to make sure that that uh, that that North Carolina will always be known as the good road state and I'm proud of what Secretary Trogdon has done, he's doing a good job, but he, we got to have the resources and we've got to have the, the plans in place uh, to, to make sure that we do have that infrastructure, particularly out in rural, as well as rural North Carolina, as well as our, our urban centers.
1: Well, you mentioned a little earlier the, the value of the community college system, but also we have a great... Higher education system in North Carolina and the two research universities, NC State and UNC at Chapel Hill, are such a vital part of what is happening in North Carolina. And uh, we, we, a couple of years ago, passed a bond issue, and uh, there was going to be a, a nice nice building to be built to further expand that, that's being held up a little bit
2: now. Well, it uh, certainly is. And certainly I can't say enough about uh, you and I know as, as longtime residents and citizens of this state, the university system, our community college system. I think that's what's propelled North Carolina to where it is and we in this country. And we've got to make sure that those two Uh, systems stay strong. We're really proud, if you talk about agriculture, the two land grants that we have that do great work, North Carolina State University in Raleigh and North Carolina A&T State University over in Greensboro, those two land grants do great Research work. They complement each other on many and many facets. Uh, right now, you mentioned over at North Carolina State, we're building the process of going to break ground in September on a new building over there, about a $160 million building, the Plant Sciences Initiative. I think uh, going forward, uh, uh, Plant-based agriculture, even plants that supply food for the livestock industry here, that's going to be included. It's going to be a huge research initiative over there. But uh, you talk about trade; these trade wars, uh, these tariffs on steel and aluminum, have caused the price of that building to go up considerably. And so we can't really break ground till we raise another fourteen million dollars uh, for that for that building. And uh, it's you know so you, people don't realize what an impact. Uh, Trade wars have not only just on agriculture, but on the steel industry in terms of cost. Cost, yeah. And, and uh, so we're we're certainly looking forward to that. It's going to be a a, a great facility, but we need to uh, we, we need to get that project underway.
1: When that building is finished, what will that add to agriculture? How will that change? Well, the, one of the th- educational process in agriculture.
2: Well, one of, the, one of the things we certainly know in North Carolina, we haven't built a new building on an agriculture at North Carolina State's campus since the 40s. And so if you're going to r- retain the brightest and the best students uh, here in North Carolina to do uh, postgraduate work, postdoc work, uh, but become you know experts and stay here. You're going to have to have facilities. And not only retaining the North Carolina grown, but we want to be able to attract the brightest and the best from around the country that want to come to North Carolina to do uh, research, to do their you know, their post-doctorate work, do their post their graduate work here. Uh, you know, we need, we need those diversity of ideas, the diversity of people to help this agricultural industry grow. And when, ag- when industry of agriculture grows, then North
1: Carolina grows. Larry, say, thank you so much for sharing all this information with us. Larry Wooten, the president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, you can go online to com and do just that. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another interesting guest for us again next week on the same group of stations. So the next week, same time, same group of stations, all across North Carolina. Have a nice week, everybody.
0: Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Cheryl. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers.